Warning, let it be known that the story in this episode does contain mentions of suicide and facts surrounding the tale also mention suicide. Dear Sears, how far would you go for love? Love has a power over us unlike any other force of nature in existence. It will make people do the most insane things from property damage, to assault, kidnapping, and even murder. Sometimes, love can even make us kill ourselves. The number of stories of slighted lovers taking their own lives are countless. It's an age-old tale that produces specters such as the mythological woman in white. However, that is not our story today. In this correspondence, I will tell you Vermont's most famous ghost story. Of course that means the legendary lore of Emily's Bridge. It's a tale as old as time. Lovers who never made it to their happily ever after. From the stories we spin around campfires to scare children to the sonnets of Shakespeare, narratives featuring the betrayed, bereaved, and bittered taking their own lives purvey our culture. The scariest ones come back after death for revenge or to seek revenge on whoever is unlucky enough to find themselves within their area of attachment. Personal accounts of such experiences are passed by word of mouth, written in books, and even recounted on our news stations. No matter where you go, several of these types of hauntings will be talked about within guidebooks and among locals. In fact, it's usually pretty easy to get a local to tell you about them, whether it be at a market or restaurant, someone knows something and can't wait to talk about it. Several types of ghosts can generate from these unfortunate events. The aforementioned woman in white is an excellent example. The extreme emotion and exerted energy of an individual in this state of mind can tie them to a space and doom them to an eternity of remorse, guilt, anger, and vengeance. Remember when we spoke of intelligent hauntings? Well, this is one of them, and of the dangerous variety. Common interactions with these spirits consist of apparitions, orbs, disembodied voices, scratching, pushing, striking, and even cutting people and objects. Emily's Bridge is no exception. The most famous haunting in the state is tied to a 50-foot house Trust-style covered bridge in Stowe, Vermont. Many tourists, paranormal investigators, and teams travel not only from around the country, but from around the world to spend a few evening hours at Goldbrook Bridge, where the ghost of Emily is said to terrorize them whenever the opportunity presents itself. Built in 1844, the bridge was originally one of many put up over the Gold Brook, which, as the name indicates, was a location where gold could be found. Prospectors flocked here to chase their riches, pre-gold rush of the Wild West. Currently, though, Emily's Bridge is the only one of the original covered bridges to still be standing, let alone in use. 
But what could have happened here to make this bridge and its specter so famous? Why do these people come from all over just to spend a few hours here? Well, like any other great haunting, there's a sad, sad story to go with it. In the 1800s, there was a young woman named Emily, last name unknown, who was the daughter of a wealthy farmer. She lived a normal life, and at some point met a man older than she. This man, whose name was lost in time, wooed her, and the two of them fell deeply in love. The young woman's family did not approve of this man, either due to age, social status, or both. Desperate to be together, the two planned to elope at midnight, meeting at Goldbrook Bridge, when the time came, Emily waited for her love with bated breath, counting every moment that passed by. When he never showed, she became distraught. In her extreme emotional state, Emily took her own life, hanging herself from the rafters in the bridge. Now, if some unfortunate soul passes through her bridge between the hours of 12 a.m. and 3 a.m., Emily will make herself known, oftentimes inflicting some form of violence by scratching people or their vehicles as they pass through the bridge. This has been the most common version of the story, however, variations do exist in number. In one version, Emily waits on the bridge in a bright red wedding dress, and when he doesn't come, she ends it in the rafters. Another, she is actually on her way to the wedding and has an accident on the bridge. Minor variations also include that she jumped to the rocks below, or drove her car or horse carriage from the bridge. An even lesser tale points an accusatory finger at the wealthy man, stating that he murdered her for being pregnant. But most stories indicate that it was actually Emily who was the wealthy one. Even more versions than this exist, but at this point, I think you get it. At the bridge, a plaque is available as sort of a tourist informational. It goes over the type of bridge and what that means and how it was constructed and a little bit of history of the time period, but it also boasts the story of Emily. The plaque reads as follows. The story of Emily, the jilted young woman, has been told far and wide. The most popular telling remembered by some still alive from the 1940s has a young farmer's daughter, Emily. Sometime in the past, perhaps as early as 1849, deserted by the man she loved on the day of their intended marriage. In despair, she took her life at the bridge. Some believe her spirit haunts Emily's bridge, especially on moonlit nights, waiting for her man to return. However, others remember it differently. A local luminary recently explained that in the 1970s, witchcraft was enjoying a big wave of interest in schools all over the country. On one warm summer's evening, a story was made up in the presence of some impressionable college students about a young Emily being jilted by her intended, after which she rode with fury back across the bridge. The horses panicked, and she was thrown from the wagon to her death. The story spread like wildfire. Now that's what's written on the plaque. Regardless of which version you believe is true, the legend of Emily continues to fascinate many to this day. Various forms of paranormal activity are reported from the bridge regularly. Bright white lights with no discernible source, known as phantom lights, are common. Other reports contain accounts of dismembered voices, ghostly apparitions, scratches on the skin and vehicles, 
temperature fluctuations, photo anomalies, and horses will avoid crossing the bridge at all costs. Many of these can be explained by the layman. The phantom lights could be reflected from other sources across the snow or the water below. Ghostly apparitions could be mist or water vapor from the fluctuation of temperature. A brief search on weatherspark.com revealed that the temperatures in Stowe do fluctuate in ways that could create mist quite easily. This mist could easily settle on the bridge and move slower due to the bridge walls blocking wind. Dismembered voices being heard outdoors could come from a variety of sources from the bridge itself to minor echoes created by the brook below, animals and people talking in the distance, echoing and traveling on the wind. Though most of these experiences could be explained by the layman, or skeptic in, in any sense, there are a few that stand out. The ones that stand out most to me are the scratches on the skin and vehicles. Mostly the vehicles, the photo anomalies, and the horses. Now, scratching a person's arm, leg, back, etc. is no big deal. Scratches typically don't hurt that bad and could easily be done by someone intentionally. The part that makes me wonder is the car. Nobody really likes to scratch their vehicles, especially if their car's paint job is in good condition. It doesn't make any sense for me for someone to do this just to prove the existence of a ghost. Reported photo anomalies are also interesting. These photos often refuse to develop, and when they do, are frequently blurry and indiscernible. Goldbrook Bridge does not have electricity, so it makes one wonder what could potentially be affecting cameras in a way that photos are coming out bad when the lens is pointed towards the bridge. Finally, the horses. Horses are afraid of the bridge. Now, spooking a horse isn't exactly a difficult feat, but many being afraid of a specific location is eyebrow-raising to say the least. Animals are commonly believed to be in tune with the ethereal in ways that humans typically aren't. A large number of animals avoiding a specific area is usually a pretty good indication that you should avoid it as well. In my research, I did come across several first-hand accounts and ghost hunts taking place at Emily's Bridge. There are a plethora of videos and articles describing these first-hand accounts to be found within simple searches. After spending some time wading through the articles that were mostly third-party accounts of first-party witnesses, I found two that stuck out to me. The first was an article written by Expera Investigations. The lead investigator didn't report experiencing much activity on the bridge, but did have an encounter with Emily that stuck out to him. Multiple times, it felt as if someone was lightly brushing against his coat. Not hard enough to be worrying, but enough to be felt and get his attention. The other was a YouTube channel by the name of Paranormal Identification. Hosted by Blake Edward, the 30-ish minute video documented their investigation of their trip to Emily's Bridge. The first thing that seemed to happen to him was as he flew his drone into the bridge, something appeared to slap it out of the air, causing it to crash and consequentially break. Now, I know we can chalk this up to poor piloting skills, but when you're watching the video, it doesn't really seem as if he hit the ceiling or rafter or anything on the side like that, though it is possible to argue that maybe he did. They experienced a series of knocks, bizarre noises, and in one case, disembodied footsteps coming across the bridge. They claimed at one point to have caught an apparition on camera, but after rewinding the video myself several times, I was unable to spot what they were talking about. But again, that doesn't mean it's not there. By all means, go check out that video and tell me what you think.
Now, something I'm going to report here is something not a lot of other ghost and paranormal shows really do. I'm going to give you the skeptical side of the argument. Residing within Vermont is a renowned folklorist and author, Joseph Citro, whose notable works consist of, but are not limited to, Green Mountain Ghosts, Ghouls, and Unsolved Mysteries, Passing Strange, True Tales of New England, Hauntings and Horrors, Green Mountain Dark Tales, as well as the Vermont Ghost Guide. According to Citro, who is still a resident of Vermont, a woman by the name of Nancy Wolf Steed claims to have invented the entire story of Emily in the 1970s in an attempt to entertain some kids in a swimming hole. Sources do confirm that no local folktale before the 70s ever mentioned the name Emily or a death at the bridge. Sources do corroborate that prior to this fantastic tale of Miss Steed's, no one by the name of Emily was ever recorded having died on that bridge, let alone having been spoken about before the 1970s. Well, that certainly lines up a lot of the missing but integral information in the story. Why did we not have any last names? Who was this mysterious older man that stood up poor Emily? It's probably safe to assume at this point that the entire story is absolute malarkey. But there are still some important questions that need to be answered. If the story is a fabricated tale to scare kids, why do we have reports of paranormal activity that trend all the way back to the 40s? Unfortunately, there are some true tales that involve the bridge and the surrounding area that may shed light on some of these interactions. According to recorded history, there was a little girl who had a tragic accident on Goldbrook Bridge in 1920. She fell from the bridge and sadly lost her life on the rocks below. Could this little girl be the lost soul terrorizing travelers and tourists alike? Though Emily's Bridge is the last of the covered bridges in that space in Stowe, except for another a few miles away, it wasn't always the only one. It is possible that other incidents of suicide could have taken place on any of them, especially the ones that were built higher than Emily's. There is one other true story that could be the actual Emily. A little ways off on Route 100 near Nichols Farm, there was another covered bridge that burned down in 1932. A woman took her own life there in similar circumstances. However, her name was lost in time and we have no way to confirm if this was Emily or not. That's the story of Emily's Bridge, and those are the facts, people's experiences, and skeptics alike, and sort of here are my final thoughts on it. Though the story of Emily is certainly entertaining, it is my opinion that it's probably false. More than likely, it was in fact made up by Nancy Wolfsteed in the 70s. Not all for bad though, as the popularity of the story certainly has brought in tourism that while it's probably annoying for the locals, more than likely helps out with the local economy. The paranormal experiences had on the bridge are far more likely to be the soul of a lost little girl, tragically killed in the most unfortunate of circumstances. I absolutely believe that Goldbrook Bridge is haunted, just not by a lovesick woman. Well, thank you so much, Sears, for listening in on this episode's tale. I would love to hear your thoughts on it. Or if you have something else that you would like to hear about, feel free to reach out. If you're listening on Spotify, 
There's a question in the description you can answer to make that request. Also, if you so wish, or anyone else who isn't on Spotify, you can reach out via email to ethereally.yours.podcast at gmail.com. Link is in the description. If you enjoyed this show, I have another podcast you might be interested in. If hearing about the mystical, magical, and metaphysical stir your imagination and interest, please subscribe to Mystery Stone Podcast. If you're feeling even more generous, please leave a rating and review either on Podchaser or Apple Podcasts. It'll help this show grow. Again, thank you so much for listening. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Ethereally yours, CJ. CJ.